Welcome to the Johannesburg Church of Christ podcast. In these podcasts, we seek to know Christ and to make him known to all nations and people. In the midst of these unprecedented times the world faces, we wish to encourage you with a thought for you to cut through your day. May today's message bring about peace in your thinking through Christ. Hello. Today we continue with our series where we are exploring God's desire to be with his people. Have you ever gone camping? I'm personally not a huge fan because of the uncomfortability I need to endure away from my modern comforts and conveniences at home. But I've learned over the years that if I want to have a good camping experience, I need to have the right equipment. And I don't think anything is more important than a tent. I've had my fair share of good and bad experiences over the years camping in tents. I think back to a school camp that I went on in my high school years where uh, as young boys we went on a a hike uh, for several kilometers. It took up most of the day and then what we thought about when we arrived at our destination we thought that we were going to be staying in these luxury dormitories or at least some solid shelter. Instead we were tossed a tent to be able to put up and sleep in for the night. Uh, Bear in mind this was June, July and it was freezing cold outside and we didn't have much experience in putting up tents. Uh, it was interesting waking up the following morning to find that some tents had collapsed. Uh, ours had uh, managed to stay up the night, but we'd left a gaping hole that had allowed the air to come in. And uh, it was the first time that I'd ever experienced frost or ice in my hair. Then in my later years, uh, I've had the privilege to enjoy uh, a number of family camps with the uh, faith community that I'm a part of and I've managed to upgrade uh, my tent to something a little bit more comfortable. But it remains a tent nonetheless. (laughs) The temporary tent we choose to live in whilst camping can make or break our camping experience. In the Gospel of John chapter 1 we read from verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Now, the Apostle John, who was an eyewitness to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, testifies to him being God in flesh. In verse 14, he states, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This could also be rendered as he tabernacled or made his tent which is a more literal translation amongst us. Now, to a first century Jew, this would have immediately conjured up the idea of the tabernacle or tent of meeting that Moses was instructed to build for the Israelites in the desert that we can read about in Exodus chapter 25 through 27. This was where God chose to make his dwelling amongst his people. In this sanctuary, his divine presence, or what the Jews came to know as the Shekinah, where his holy holy physical presence could be felt. Many years later, 
God's people under David and Solomon's leadership built a physical temple for the Shekinah to dwell in. But this was unfortunately destroyed in AD 70, but the Temple Mount remains to this day in Jerusalem, where many Jews still believe there is a trace of the divine presence still present. That is why they conjure at the western wall of the Temple Mount to this day to pray. The Gospels, however, testify to Jesus being the Shekinah, or divine presence, who took up temporary physical residence, that is, he tabernacled or made his tent amongst us in the flesh. This is a mystery and so profound on many levels. The idea that the supreme creator would choose to become like us is super humbling. Jesus allowed himself to be subjected to our human condition so that we could relate to him and him to us. Think about whatever pain or physical discomfort you've had to endure in this life so far. It could be sickness or disease, relationships that disappoint or have even broken down, financial hardship, emotional suffering. The list is endless. But Jesus can relate and identify. Why? Because he became human and lived amongst us. Now, because we can identify with Jesus, there is an intimate shared bond of connection between his disciples and his church. In our previous devotional, we were asked to reflect on what does the coming Messiah mean for you and I today. I believe that Jesus came to show us the power of an indestructible life that empowers us to overcome the world and our very selves. Without our shared relationship with Jesus, we become just as the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in his second letter in chapter 3. Lovers of ourselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to our parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. With Jesus, however, you and I are shown the way to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. In Jesus, you and I gain a heavenly wisdom that our brother the Apostle James describes as pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and and sincere. If you and I are to gain this power of an indestructible life, we need to be consistently practicing spiritual disciplines that put us in a place to be transformed from within into the ever-increasing likeness of Christ. Richard Foster, in his timeless classic title, The Celebration of Discipline, divides the spiritual disciplines up into three categories, the inward disciplines, the outward disciplines, and corporate disciplines. The inner disciplines are prayer, meditation, fasting, and study. The outer disciplines are simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And the corporate or collective disciplines that we practice in community are confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. I'd like you to take out some time today to reflect on which areas of these you can grow in more. Because in this way, we are able to connect with God who lived amongst us. And through this shared experience, Learn to live an indestructible life. Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Father, we are so humbled 
just so incredibly grateful that you gave us Jesus. That you ultimately became flesh for us to be able to connect with and identify with. And you made your presence felt amongst us. And God, I pray that you would help us to learn the power of an indestructible life through the many spiritual disciplines that you've given us so that we can be transformed in our inner selves into the likeness of Jesus. Father, I pray that you fortify our hearts today through the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us set our hearts and minds on things above and not on earthly things. I pray that through self-denial today, you would enable us to take up our cross and follow you. We love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.